MagnaWave, bringing you the weekly edition of the MagnaWave Office Hours, where we come together to discuss all things PEMF, anything from machines to training to questions you have with regard to treatment guidelines, anything of that nature we like to discuss. Certainly, we find ourselves in right in the middle of the uh, COVID-19 or the coronavirus uh, things going on. So later in the broadcast, uh, Marty, Dr. Marty Goldstein, who many of you know, are familiar with, will be with us. And uh, we're going to talk about a myriad of things, his new movie that's out, the documentary, his book he's preparing. Uh, plus, we're going to get into a conversation of animals and coronavirus. There's a lot of rumors out there about all of that going on. So we figured we'd have Dr. Marty come on and help clear all of that away with regard to animals and coronavirus or COVID-19. So we'll have that, that and you'll be able certainly to answer, uh, to call in or put your questions into the chat box. If you have questions for us today, you can go ahead and start entering your questions if you would like. Uh, for Dr. Marty, but uh, you can you can put the questions into LinkedIn thread, the YouTube thread, the Ma the uh, uh, MagnaWave group uh, page or the MagnaWave page. You can put your questions in there. So we'll have several different places to uh, receive your questions. We're broadcasting this morning on LinkedIn. Uh, um, Facebook and YouTube, and also it's available on the website. Chris will also put that link up for those of you who want to watch directly on the website as we go through and we're broadcasting in radio form on CastBox. And so we have uh, four or five different places where people can come together, uh, answer, ask their questions and participate with us this morning on this live cast featuring Dr. Marty Goldstein. So good morning to those of you on with us on CastBox and uh, good morning to those of you already with us on uh, Facebook, YouTube and LinkedIn. Let me see, go over to the uh, comments section. Um, good morning. Northern Lights is with us this morning. Uh, Emily Blankenship has joined with us uh, on CastBox. So we got some folks starting to uh, come and arrive. Uh, one of the things, uh, good morning, Tim. Tim is with us, uh, that I wanted to cover quickly um, with regard to the coronavirus and what's going on. One of the big issues uh, with corona is how it affects the lungs and the respiratory system, the throat and the lungs, and that's where the, where the uh, infection really uh, starts to progress and cause problems, particularly with folks that have pre-existing conditions with uh, immune system or immune deficiency or, or COPD or any number of things that can uh, be lung issues. Uh, and the they talk about if you notice that you're getting a sore throat, you know, there's a lot of guidelines out there, but they talk about if you notice you're getting a sore throat, begin to treat it immediately. Make sure you do things to keep your lungs clear. And one of the things that, that PEMF and MagnaWave PEMF can provide to that is by pulsing, using the PEMF on your lungs, you can help keep them clearer. You can help keep them more open to deal with the congestion that would occur. So uh, at this point, as, as Dr. Amanda Myers points out, we're not necessarily going to kill the virus, but we can disrupt things and keep things clear and working the way they're supposed to. So the healing process of your body can better facilitate itself and help get you through this type of situation if you are bothered by it. Now, with that said, if you have any type of congestion uh, through this flu season, it's very beneficial to use something like PEMF or like MagnaWave to help keep your system open and uh, clear and get everything that needs to be in the lymphatic system and away from your body uh, accommodated uh, in that in that fashion. Aaron's with us. Samantha's with us. Good morning, Aaron. Michelle's with us. Beverly's with us. 
Uh, Mary is with us, Kate's with us, Dawn's with, a lot of folks are with us this morning and we're certainly uh, glad about that. Hazel's with us again, Nikki's with us. So we got a good turnout uh, building so far uh, this morning, and we uh, certainly appreciate you being here. If you have a question, certainly, number one, share this broadcast on your networks so your friends can see, and maybe they'll want to tune in and listen to us or watch us, and perhaps we have some questions um, that we can discuss at that point in time. John's with us from Europe. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Uh, Janet's with us also. So uh, we got a good mix from around the world uh, at this point in time. Again, if you have a we have an early, oops, here, let's see it. There is a question. Could he talk about grain-free versus non-grain-free dog food? He will certainly talk about that uh, at, when Dr. Marty joins us. Um, and uh, there's been something about heart disease and grain-free food. So uh, Dr. Marty sees these questions. And when we get to him in a moment, uh, we'll get into the questions. Again, what we will do uh, when we go over to Dr. Marty is uh, we will discuss, because we told folks that we would have him on at 9.30. And so there may be people that come on at 9.30 specifically for the questions about coronavirus and animals and our, our pets that we love. Uh, so maybe some of these other things we can discuss earlier, but we certainly want to, well, let's, let's do this. It's about, it's a few minutes after. Are you good with that, Chris and Dr. Marty? That we go ahead and uh, bring everybody together. Okay, so uh, let's bring uh, Dr. Marty. Good morning, Dr. Marty. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, everyone that has signed in. There you go. We got a lot of folks that are with us, so uh, be sure to uh, share this broadcast. If you'd like to talk with Dr. Marty and myself, just send a text to 502-599-9722, 502-599-9722, and I will phone you back and then you'll be able to be able to have a live conversation uh, with myself and Dr. Marty to get direct uh, answers to what you're curious about. So, Dr. Marty, tell us about what you've been doing, your book, your product line, the, the documentary. Uh, tell us what's going on before we get into the uh, medical part of things. Well, you know, I've been kind of struggling for 47 years ever since I woke up to the truth about healthcare in the profession of veterinary medicine. And it's been a struggle. It, you know, it, when you realize the truth, you know, I was certified in acupuncture in the mid seventies and that just brought on intense condemnation. And now 57% of the veterinary schools embrace acupuncture. My license was threatened in 1978 for treating arthritic dogs with glucosamine sulfate. <laughs> and now millions of dollars of it are sold, not only in society, but you know across the profession of veterinary medicine. So it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's just been a, a march in time to bring out the truth about healthcare, which is not, you know, truthfully taught in medical school the medical profession is a disease-oriented establishment that diagnoses disease and drugs it, but also tries to prevent disease with agents that cause disease. And, you know, now it's finally, after 47 years, turned around. I wrote a, a best-selling book over 20 years ago that's still almost in the category of a bestseller. And people have been on me for 20 years. When are you writing your second book? Well, I just submitted the 86,000 word manuscript for that book. 
The first book was The Nature of Animal Healing, and nature had two meanings. The nature in which the body heals, which is not associated with the medical establishment. Nature does heal. How do you heal a cut? But also, nature is the healer. And this next book is The Spirit of Animal Healing, which we're going to bring it to another level. In the spirit, in the way the body heals, but the spiritual connection between them and us. My favorite cup, I don't know if you can read it, but it actually says, it's a paw print. And, and the line says, who rescued who? <laughs> How much we could learn from our animal kingdom, our companion animal kingdom, especially on the level of unconditional love. And we've unfortunately turned, just in dogs alone, the, when I graduated Cornell in 1973, it was approximately one out of 10 dogs got cancer. It was always a disease of the old. Now, recent reports say that one out of every 1.61 dogs in the United States will get cancer. And that's our level of unconditional love that we're turning into cancer. And so I have a job to do. The documentary, uh, The Dog Doc, which was filmed for two and a half years at my facility and has finally been released and getting rave reviews all over the country. It's been winning at some film festivals across the United States. And because of the coincidence of it premiering in theaters in New York City and LA at the exact moment that all the theaters got shut down, it suddenly got released on video on demand. So you go onto Apple Prime and you could rent it for very inexpensively. And it's just, you saw it, Pat. <laughs> oh, yeah, I watched it Saturday, Sunday night. We watched it. Yeah, it's just, it, it's was, yeah. a great film that just shows that, not that there is another way, but there is an additional way with conventional medicine to embrace healthcare and not only make patients better that become terminal, but to promote health care so they don't have to be made better. So that's what's going on. And I do have my product line out. Uh, and one of the joys right now in my life, and it's a major joy, is, like I said at the end of my, my first book, we will continue this struggle. One animal at a time, dog by dog, cat by cat. Now it's time to get it into all of society, not only the United States, but globally. And the amount of testimonials that are coming in every day from around the country, not only written, but video of families with their dogs or their cats, just thanking me for making their pet or helping their pet get better. And conventional veterinarians are contacting me saying they've had non-responsive cases and these families went and bought either my food or products online and their pet got better. So it's, you know, life is just great now. What can I say? <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Now, what is the brand name of your product base? It's DrMartyPets.com and it's a freeze-dried uh, raw dog food and cat food. And the reason we went to freeze-dried is as much as I love just real raw is, you know, we always have the issue of organisms, salmonella, E. coli. 
they usually do not hurt dogs or cats. They do hurt the humans associated. So that issue is just an issue of hygiene. But the other aspect of this food, besides it maintaining by freeze drying all its nutritional content, it becomes so much lighter. And it's so much easier to ship all across the country. You start shipping frozen raw dog food, the, the price goes off the scale. You, Correct. you just can't. It's very, very difficult on dry ice to ship the raw dog food where we're, we're shipping this, this, this food so much less expensively. And the company keeps on giving discounts. You know, there's a discount out now on the dog food. It's up to 54% off. So it, it becomes very price competitive to the other food. And it's the only food that I know of that's on the market. You know, we have to meet APCO regulations to get food out there to claim it's nutritionally complete and balanced. And, and, and in order to do that, almost all pet food companies add vitamins and minerals back into the food. And unfortunately, a lot of these additives are synthetically derived, which are not healthy to the body. What's great about this food is that we meet all AFCO regulations that is governed by the FDA without any additives. It's just all food. So my company working with me put together this amazing line of food that is food and it, it's nutritionally complete and balanced. Just as a question, when someone receives the free dried product, what do they do with, how do they, how do they prepare it? Either you mix it with water and let it sit for three minutes or my animals, they just love it out of the bag. They'll drink a little bit more water afterwards because uh, it is freeze dried, but it, it's just, it's, it's ready to go. And it's, it's shelf life is incredible with the shelf life of real raw food we know is not that long. Right. So uh, currently your products, and, and I don't, I don't, I want to preface this. This is not necessarily a commercial. We want, we're, we brought Dr. Marty on here to discuss all things health and, and COVID-19 and so forth, but to, to, to make you aware of his product base. So it's available online and is it uh, retail at this point? We, uh, th this company, this marketing company that I'm so fond of, they have 1,100 employees. How responsible? We're sending out newsletters three, five, seven a week. Uh, very informative. And their customer service is incredible. And they have 27 other product lines, mostly in the human field. I'm going to be the first because of the success of this product line, especially in its ultimate goal, a healthy animal. Uh, we're going to be entering retail this year. Okay, that that's great. Online, so you can do it right from your computer. One little bit of business here. Someone sent me a text. It, at uh, I have a text here from the area code six zero eight. At the very beginning of the program, someone else also sent a text to uh, talk with us, and uh, for some reason, my phone lost it. So if you would redial, that would be uh, that would be great. So we've covered this a little bit, but we do have a question that talks about grain free versus non grain free dog food. Yeah, that's a biggie. I've gotten this question a thousand times minimally. 
just in general, you know, there, there are theories behind this. The number one thing I can say, there is nothing in a grain that supports the health of a carnivorous animal. So they don't need the grains in nature. They don't eat grains in nature. Show me one tooth in a dog or a cat's mouth that is flat for eating grains and cereals. So here's the problem. The, the grain-free foods, the other contents of that food, the meat, because a carnivore, especially a cat, an obligate carnivore, they need meat. And the meat constituents of that food are so low grade that they're not supporting heart health. The other aspect is the theory of lectins, where what they're using to substitute for the grains in the grain-free food, these, they, they contain lectins which block the utilization and absorption of taurine, which is the amino acid of heart function across the intestinal lining. And I personally have a third consideration is you know, the huge issue of GMOs and especially glyphosate. And we sure know now that glyphosate is directly linked to cancer in humans, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's causing so many health issues. The glyphosate level in dog urine by, by statistic is 30 to 40 times higher than in human urine. So what is glyphosate? It has been shown that glyphosate does damage the heart. So my other theory is that all of these substitutes for the grains are so high in glyphosate and GMOs, they're damaging the heart, but we're not looking at that. We're only looking at, oh, grain-free food. So, you know, so many people are starting to add grains into their dog food, thinking it's going to support heart health. It's not. Meat is going to support heart health. So it's a great question. It's a very important question. You know, we do this, have this thing called Google and the Internet, which supposedly has increased the IQ of the human race 100 points. And it's very, very beneficial. I don't know anyone that doesn't sign up to Google every single day. But also things do go viral on the Internet and they're not necessarily true or properly backed by science. So we just have to watch out about something that goes viral and all of a sudden it's negatively affecting the lives of so many animals. Thank you very much. That was a great question. Uh, we do have a question. We get all types of questions on this podcast, Dr. Martin, about, about health issues, guidelines, uh, business building, so on and so forth. And, and Kate asked the question, uh, what, we, uh, what can we do as PEMF practitioners uh, certainly demos and studies and so forth to vet clinic owners uh, to help promote PEMF. Um, you know, what, what is your perspective there? And certainly you went through this uh, when you first received the product, but today, what would, what would I say to a veterinary clinic owner to get them to better understand from your perspective, the use of PEMF? Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, for me, because I have 47 years of being a clinical veterinarian, so I can talk their language. And, you know, PMF, 
I didn't think in the latter stages of my career that something would come along because I've been through it all. I've studied almost every alternative therapy since the 70s, European-based, you know, oriental-based, the herbs, the acupuncture, ozone therapy, you name it. I didn't think something would come along in my latter stages of my career that would change my concept of all medicine. And that's PEMF and the magnemite. So I could state that to a veterinarian. The number one way that I was able to get animals treated, especially when I first started and I had no idea what this thing was, <laughs> was because I knew it worked. I knew it worked on myself. I knew it worked on some of my friends I treated and some of my staff that I treated. And I would just say to the pet parent, you have an ache? You have a pain? Who, who says no? <laughs> no one says no. And I would treat them first, not charge them. You know, I'm a veterinarian. Uh, I'm not going to charge them for treating them themselves. And when they would miraculously respond within 10 minutes, and they would say, oh, my God. So when I get an interested veterinarian, especially one local, I will arrange that veterinarian to come over to my house. Or I'll go to their office and I'll treat them. And they'll go, what is this thing? Oh, my God. So, it, you know, it, it's easy. And then I delivered the science. And I'll just tell them, go online, put in PEMF and any disease your mind can think of. And you will see NIH PubMed studies showing the scientific verification that this technology works. So this is not alternative. Go into the NASA research. And who was it, Bob, that you, you've had yeah. on from NASA? Yeah. You know, that NASA hired to disprove the efficacy of PEMF and was so impressed that he himself has promoted the sale of thousands of these units. Because you know what? It's the truth and it works. So you just have to come from your experience to the veterinarians. If you have a unit and you have a local veterinarian, bring it in. One of my clients who you know, uh, who initially bought a unit because she had a, an old, very large yellow lab. The retriever right now, according to the Morris Animal Foundation study, the life expectancy in the 1970s of the golden, let's say, and, you know, the yellow lab and the, the flat-coated retriever not far behind, in the 1970s, the life expectancy was 16 to 17. According to a study at the Morris Animal Foundation of over 3,000 retrievers, it's now 9 to 10, and up to 66% wow. of them die of cancer. So we had this, uh, this old, large... A uh, lab that had uh, degenerative myelopathy. And we know when a dog gets that, within two to six months, they're going to be paralyzed. And years back, this dog exhibited those signs and symptoms, crossing with the back legs and this and that. And every time I treated with a MagnaWave, this dog responded. So she eventually bought the, the little mini unit 
and was treating her dog and then graduated, I think, to the, the pro. And now she is has a whole bunch of animals that she treats at her local veterinary clinic <laughs> because her veterinarian was blown away by the response. And over a three-year period, and this this lab, almost you know, 90-pound yellow lab, is going on 15 years old. And the degenerative myelopathy still hasn't really progressed. So, you know, the proof of the pudding is not you talking about it. It's showing the efficacy either to the veterinarian or to the patient. That's how my work got accepted. They didn't listen to me. When I was in the process of getting condemned for 30 years, no one listened to me. I kept on making animals better and sending back into society and then getting calls to veterinarian. Why is this cat still alive? Why is this dog tumor shrunk? Or we can no longer find it. And that's that's how it works. So the demonstration of the efficacy of a technology is what gets it accepted. Perfect. And I've often said, I got my first horses by treating the riders. And, and basically you're saying that. Center yourself up there a little bit, Doc, in, the, in, your, in your frame. But, uh, and he's saying the same thing. You've yeah. got to be confident about what There you go. You got to be confident about the process. Uh, go to the veterinarian and display your confidence, treat them, treat their animals, and uh, talk about what he said. Search it. Uh, it's certainly available on our website, the various information that's available in the NASA study. It's just look at the items that, were th that are there and display them with confidence, and that'll do it. You know, you hit the word on the head because when I started to do all of this, I wasn't confident. I was using alternative therapies when they were not accepted, and God forbid if one patient passed away and we know many patients pass away every day in the field of conventional veterinary medicine. I could have lost my license because I was using non-conventional therapy. So I was not confident in the use of alternatives. Now I am very confident. And I will go before Cornell University. I'll go before the major celebrities of society. And with confidence, I will say, I know what you know and it's not working and here is a technology that is scientifically based and it works and in those those words of confidence that you hit it on the head pat it's confidence you should be very confident right now because you've been doing this you know intensely for years you know darn well this works and you come across with confidence excellently said that is the deal. If you're not confident, your customers can see that and they yeah. won't believe you. It, it, it's so simple. So it, to work on confidence is certainly uh, the key. Also, we have a question. Um, why do dogs have so many allergies? The number one reason that dogs have so many allergies is the process of over-vaccination. It is now scientifically linked uh, there is a condition medically established called the allergic breakthrough phenomena. It was established in humans. Now it's gone over to animals. You could find it online, limited search right now, but you'll still find it where the vaccine, by administering all of these foreign organisms 
and these chemicals called adjuvants to enhance the absorption of the vaccine stimulates the body to make autoantibodies not only against what they grow the vaccine on, which is either typically chicken embryo or beef broth, but also to instigate an allergic reaction against their own body cells. And that gets passed on genetically. So at least 85% of all the patients I've seen, and I feel also in the human field, somehow have an allergic manifestation or an autoimmune manifestation going on in their body. I think almost all disease, one way or another, is linked to allergy or autoimmune reactions in the body that then become an immune suppressed condition. And yes, you know, we don't go through a day without seeing five, 10 allergy cases anymore. It's just really a shame. The number one allergy in dogs is called atopy, A-T-O-P-Y, or atopic dermatitis, which is the inhalant allergy. 85% of all allergies is atopy. And the, the link between the allergic breakthrough phenomena is the causation of atopic dermatitis. Great question. Okay, good. I hope that uh, hope that answer uh, helps. Okay, it's uh, 9.30, and so this is when we uh, told folks that we would be here to talk about the coronavirus and pets and the rumors that are abounding uh, in, in and around the world with regard to this. Can you address that uh, a little bit as we proceed? Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's been established that it did start in the animal kingdom, the bat. And then, you know, through the food market industry over, what is it, Wuhan, mm -hmm. China. I mean, if you ever saw videos of how disgusting that market was with decaying animals in crates, pile after pile, in, in you know, wet environments, the virus mutated. That's where we have problems. Dogs, we've been dealing with corona in veterinary medicine, you know, ever since I was a veterinarian. Dogs, the coronavirus in dogs causes gastrointestinal problems, issues. Not a fatal disease, it, you know, very common. What's interesting is the feline coronavirus in cats also causes gastrointestinal ones. That virus years ago mutated, and we'll talk about what mutates viruses in, in, in a little bit. It mutated to the coronavirus that causes FIP, which is feline infectious peritonitis. That disease, in my experience, in my opinion, is the most fatal disease I've ever seen. It, I think it blows cancer away. I think it blows AIDS away. It blows this away. Because if you see a cat that has feline infectious peritonitis, especially the abdominal form, I don't care what you do as a veterinarian, that cat is typically going to die within one or two weeks. We've only had one very, very successful reversal of a cat that had feline infectious peritonitis that was eventually proven by biopsy of the lymph node of the abdomen. And that cat was actually the cat of Jerry Seinfeld. 
So <laughs> now see, so what happened is the virus mutated into something a lot more lethal. What happened with this bat corona virus is in the food chain of the Wuhan market. It it mutated, got so strong, and it jumped into a person. And it, it gained access into that person and started to spread to spread. So it's the mutated variety that all of a sudden becomes a lot more lethal. The good thing is the, the pet, the dog and the cat, are not carriers. They're not infectious. They're not being affected by it. There were a, a couple of reports from China of two elderly dogs where they found the virus in the mucosa, mucus lining uh, of the respiratory system. But that's because probably someone that had it sneezed on them or touched them. But right now, you know, thankfully, our companion animal ship is not infected by it, hurt by it, or an agent or a vector in spreading this, uh, according to all AVMA reports and World Health Organization reports. And, and so that spreads through companion small animals, cats, dogs, uh, to our other animals, the horses, so on and so forth. Well, not the COVID one. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, so when I, when you, when we say companion animals for those who live around horses and so on and so forth and love oh, yeah. them, the, the risk is not there. I had someone send me a text that they found this, this veterinary product for coronavirus. And I said, no, it's different. I mean, it, it, we're, it's not the same thing. It won't work for us. And, and because it is used uh, in veterinary for horses and so on and so forth. So basically you're telling us that, that our pets are safe. We're safe around our pets. And uh, that's not an issue for us to consider at this point. Yeah, I mean, it is an issue just like salmonella is and E. coli. It's an issue of hygiene. That's what it is. I mean, the Merck Manual reports that 34, 37% of all dogs have salmonella as normal inhabitants in their intestine. So when you see a big uh, a recall of pet food because they found salmonella and then they list all the potential conditions You'll never see that one dog got hurt by it. But the human that is dealing with the food is the one that could actually get harmed by the salmonella. So it's not you should not feed raw diet. You should, you should establish normal hygiene. If a person goes to the supermarket and buys chicken, that chicken could have an organism on it. What do they do? They wash it before they cook it. And then they wash the plates and the dishes and they wash their hands. I mean, so it's an issue of, of hygiene. So if a person has corona, please don't sneeze on your dog or cat or your horse. It just makes sense. Just establish normal hygiene. One thing I really would like to say in reference to this coronavirus for humans is that I'm holding two reports right here. And these reports came out quite a while back that the Shanghai Medical Association has released an expert coronavirus statement on the positive effect of intravenous vitamin C in treating patients. I've been using intravenous vitamin C 
tens of thousands since the 1970s to treat dogs and cats. And then I have a report here from the NIH, that's the National Institute of Health, from their library that states how the coronavirus started in Wuhan, China, and how the reports of vitamin C. Therefore, during the current epidemic of SARI, which is the, the COVID, it is necessary to study the clinical efficacy and safety of vitamin C for viral pneumonia through randomized controlled trials. So we have our NIH saying that vitamin C is efficacious in the treatment and prevention of coronavirus. Why aren't we hearing that on when our president gets up there and says that there are several anti-malarial drugs and they still haven't been proven there, Joe? Why are we hearing our president or his advisory committee stating anything about the use of intravenous vitamin C when it's now one of the most effective treatments in China where the disease started? And the NIH, the National Institute of Health underneath the presidency is reporting that it works. I don't get it. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> incredible. Uh, I, I ever got corona? Or if anyone out there that's listening knows someone who gets corona, have them investigate the use of intravenous vitamin C to get treated because it will remedy the condition a lot more efficacious than probably anything else that's out there. And guess what? No side effects. Well, and also uh, address this a little bit. Dr. Myers talked about, and uh, we've seen videos where they talk about the congestion in the lungs and how the PEMF and MagnaWave used over the chest and lungs can help keep all of that free and open and, and going. Can you address that a little bit? Oh, yeah. First of all, Dr. Amanda Myers is a gift, not only to the MagnaWave society, but to the human race. I mean, I just love that lady. She, I love listening to her speak. So yes, now here's my take. And I think it goes a level higher about PEMF, MagnaWave, and any disease. As we know, there are not real treatments against virus. I know there are eye ointments that can actually kill a virus. But other than that, you know, like bacteria are killed by antibiotics. Viruses are not really killed by much of anything except the immune system. So the healthier you could make a patient, the more you could oxygenate their body and their system. And we know scientifically that PEMF oxygenates tissues. And the more you could reduce the cytokine inflammatory reaction, the healthier that patient will be, the better their immune system is going to work, the better they're going to knock out something like corona. I know there is some evidence that, that the MagnaWave and PEMF can actually alter the virus itself to make it less lethal. That's what, and, that's what Amanda addresses, correct? Yeah, she does address that. And here is the scoop. How many bacteria right now or organisms, Pat, 
do you have living in your body? Would you like a penny for every organism in your body? You'd be the richest person in the world. So what happens, like you now have strep bacteria on your throat, but I'm sure you don't have a sore throat. These organisms are opportunistic in nature. So when the natural balance shifts, when you all of a sudden you become congested in your respiratory system, then these strep bacteria, they become what are called beta hemolytics. And they start to digest and grow on the diseased discharge in your respiratory system. And that's when they become more virulent. Now, the magna wave works on the vibration of the earth and health. It has that frequency in Hertz. When anything strays away from that, and what makes the magna wave so much more effective than any other PEMF unit that I've seen, its ability to penetrate with the wave of health of natural earthly balance of the physical body on this planet, that it reestablishes the normal integrity and balance. It's called homeostasis. So whatever is outside of that balance becomes balanced. A virulent virus is outside that balance. Nature, my definition of science in the field of medicine is man trying to figure out what nature already established. So we have to scientifically figure it out. Nature doesn't have to figure it out. How do you heal a cut? You know, sign on to Google? No. <laughs> nature, we cannot create something. Man can technologically create something as advanced as we become that can heal a cut. Nature figured it out. So my feeling of the magna wave in its ability to diagnose and the ability to remedy, it doesn't give a damn. You put the magna wave into a diseased area and it's going to help nature figure out how to get it better. So forget about all this stuff of oxygenation and mineral transport across the cell. That's the beauty of the magna wave is it, it doesn't care. It just gets the area better so it could heal. So on a higher level, the magna, word, the magna wave works on a level of who gives a damn it's going to work. <laughs> As Aaron says, I hate, I hate to be so unscientific after 47 years and graduating from Cornell, but that's the truth. Just like when you cut yourself, you don't have to figure it out. It heals. And you know what? You cut yourself and it's inflamed tremendously and it hurts. You put the magna wave on it, it's going to get better a lot quicker without you figuring out how that worked. Perfect. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Let's see. We've had, we're for some reason, we have question problems showing up on the various locations um, this morning, but let's go to a phone call. And yeah. the same problem with the phone calls is I've had three and um, only one I'm sh showing up. So here we go. Here you go. Who rescued who? Right there. Who rescued who? Um, the 
me turn my computer down. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Am I... You're on I'm... the air. You're on the air with okay. Dr. Marty. So, Dr. Marty, I have a question. I have a horse who has had chronic colic issues. Um, we have taken her up and done all of the standard things. Um, she's had an endoscopy, ultrasound, um, abdominal x-rays, stomach synthesis, um, and we haven't had much luck in curbing the, um, the chronic colic. We have, um, I also worked with a local doctor who does homeopathy, um, and we've treated her that way. She continues to have these chronic colic issues. Um, every time she's had them, they have been gas-related and usually in the um, lower right-side quadrants. Um, so I'm wondering if you have any recommendations of how I could be magnolizing her or where um, or any other possible ideas. And you said colic, not polyp, correct? Colic, yes. Okay. Very, very common condition. Uh, I think, when, once again, I hate to harp on this, but the causation of so many of the gastrointestinal diseases we're seeing goes back, and this has been proven in the human field, it's related to the tissues we grow vaccines on that set up home in the lining of the intestine, the body makes antibodies again. So I just want to caution you against further vaccination while you have this condition. Now, even when you see the documentary, you're going to see a video of a dog named Whiskey that had inflammatory bowel disease that was so bad. And in the breed, the Rottweiler, it progressed to what's called medical fancy term lymphangiectasia, which is a forerunner of limb cancer. This dog was carried in on a stretcher with literally less than 24 hours to live. And you'll see photographs of this dog. And then all of a sudden, three and a half months later, it went from 56 pounds to 126 pounds. So we, we've been very successful. And it is a patient by patient thing. Are you using, you know, the, the whole new wave of therapy uh, that's getting accepted in, in medicine is related to the quote-unquote microbiome. So reestablishing the integrity of the microbiome, uh, either through oral supplementation or especially through fecal transplants. Fecal transplant is an amazing therapy that's actually being done uh, on humans at Sloan Kettering where you're reestablishing the normal integrity. If trillions of bacteria that are not, they're bad bacteria set up home in the GI system, it makes no difference what they eat. Those bacteria are going to convert the food into toxic sub substances leading to colicky conditions. So starting, you know, I love homeopathy. Uh, uh, and I've seen many homeopathic veterinarians create miraculous things, but I think it's a very limited field. If you hit the right remedy homeopathically, it's like gold. But there are so many other modalities of integrative alternative therapy that could work. In my book, I wrote about a potato diet. 
that I learned, it was an old folk remedy from the 1800s that I learned in the early 1980s. And we used that diet literally thousands of times in animals with GI problems. This dog that you'll see in the documentary, Whiskey, was immediately put on the potato diet. And it's a diet that is boiled sweet potatoes, white potatoes, uh, a slice of turnip, and a slice of leek. We don't know the medicinal properties of those meat with, mixed with boiled meat. That diet alone has worked, if I say tens of thousands of times in my practice in 1980, I'm not exaggerating, a very good probiotic, prebiotic, digestive enzyme supplement. I created one called Pro Power Plus. Those are the things that we've seen work very well. Uh, for everyone out there, there is a great reference for finding an integrative veterinarian in your area. It's called the AHVMA, American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association.org. And it has a listing of all the integrative veterinarians in North America. It's great. Where they live, where they function, and the modalities they practice. I'll tell you one thing, you know, it's hard for me to just to treat your pet by internet, not licensed in your state, but we have seen thousands and thousands of non-responsive, severe gastrointestinal patients get better over our career. That's very good. And, and, and is that, does that help you? Yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> I'm wondering... You said you have a probiotic that you've created. Is that on your website? Yes, on drmartypets.com. You know, as I said early in the show, the company I'm working with, the, the science that they have and experience behind putting together the highest quality products, they found for me a medicinal mushroom the champignon mushroom, and I love medicinal mushrooms, that was tested in humans in old age homes. And they found that this mushroom decreased the, the nitrates and the odors and the other amine poisons that were in the bedpans 66 to 80%. They also found a seaweed that helps dissolve tartar from dog's teeth. So not only in this supplement do we have the highest form of probiotic, we have prebiotics that help probiotics work well, and we have this mushroom. And I, I've just received so many testimonials thanking me for this product. Remember, every patient is different. Every snowflake is different. So if 10 dogs respond to this one product, the next 20 may not, but it's worth a, a try. The, what I love about using alternatives is that they tend to be free of side effects. What I don't like about any therapy, because every patient is different, is there's always trial and error. Uh, you know, the, the, the last hundred will respond, your dog may not. So two questions about that. So if someone goes to your website and, and uh, she has a horse that she's dealing with, um, uh, how would they relate dosages of, of your small animal product to an equine product? Oh, that's a toughie. I have worked on a number of horses over the years. 
And when I started to do all this work, it's because my own health was fading. I didn't come out of Cornell saying, ooh, I, I think I'm going to become a holistic vet. They didn't exist. That word didn't exist. I had my own problems. And through my own research, not accepting what medicine offered me for my arthritis and brasidic shoulder, I got better. And then it was a no-brainer to try it on, on my pets. And what I did is if I took a dose for 150-pound human and a dog weighed 75 pounds, I cut it in half. I don't think that transition works for horses, you know, because a 1,000-pound horse is 20 times heavier than a 50-pound dog. So I wouldn't multiply it by, you know, 20 times. So when I used to work with horses, I would take supplements that I knew worked in the human field and in dogs, and I would usually multiply it by about four. And that is not a recommendation. That's how I did it, and, and it worked because, you know, you get to a point where it becomes overkill. Uh, and then, you know, I, I've done a lot of work with glandular therapy a horse, because a dog and a cat ate glands in nature. A horse doesn't. And I rarely use glandulars, but I tend to try to translate everything that I've learned in dogs and cats into a natural substance that is plant-based. Good question, Pat. Yeah, well, and, and to that end, well, one of the things, and you deal with this in the documentary, The Dog Doc, which I encourage everyone to go watch, uh, you talk about using PEMF for inflammation and you show that in a, in a couple of different spots in the documentary doing that. And I know that Hope for Cancer uh, uses uh, PEMF and MagnaWave for all of their patients that they're doing. How often when you're talking about these various uh, situations in your clinic, when you're dealing with inflammation, uh, how often do you uh, use MagnaWave along with your other supplementations and things that you're doing? Very often. Uh, as I grew through alternatives, I got to see that many of the really good alternative therapies like acupuncture, maybe laser, were contraindicated. They were a no-no when it came to cancer. Stem cell therapy. You do not use stem cell therapy in a cancer patient because it could supply the growth to the cancer. The when I was afraid when I got the MagnaWave that it was going to fall in this category, but it's just the opposite. We have seen tumors shrink on MagnaWave therapy. We don't know if it's shrinking the cancer cell or the inflammatory reaction, but what is scientifically proven with PEMF therapy is that it will enhance the absorption of a medicinal into the area treated up to 200%. That is scientifically proven PubMed NIH studies. So not only will we use the MagnaWave to relieve pain, inflammation, but to enhance the absorption of all the other good stuff that we're putting into the body. So yes, we use it. We use the MagnaWave like water. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, did that get your questions answered? They love it. They yeah. just love it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay. 
uh, great, uh, great question, uh, great response. Something else that they may do it, as you talk about the dosages, and tell me if I'm correct here, Doc. If, if they're getting the the prebiotic and the, and the and the probiotic and the other things that are there, their their horse veterinarian could help them formulate that in some fashion to uh, help their animals as well. Well, yeah, that's the number one thing I'm I'm trying to represent right now. You know, because of that, I was you know among the first and I was probably the most outgoing integrative veterinarian dating back to the seventies. And, you know, I had my own show with Martha Stewart for six years and I was on Oprah show when I saved her dog's life. My name and reputation has gotten out there. I can't tell you how many emails and web mails and all of those kind of mails we get a day, please save my pet. And I can't do that on the internet. If I had cancer, I would not sign onto the internet except to find a doctor with a good reputation that's well experienced and I would do hands on. So the number one thing with any, any pet that has any condition at all is work in conjunction with an integratively trained, well experienced veterinarian. You know, don't try to do it yourself. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll learn so much stuff on the internet, mild conditions. Yes. Health related things. Absolutely. You know, become experienced, educated on the internet, try a supplement, try, a, you know, a food that's more biologically appropriate for a dog or a cat to eat. But if there is a condition and that condition gets serious, find an integrative veterinary. There you and go. That, that's, Perfect. Uh, so we have a question from Kate. Uh, she's very appreciative of you being here with us today. And her question is, do you have any suggestions for a 12-year-old lab pit mix with what the vet calls early Cushing's? She works on him regularly with MagnaWave and would love uh, other suggestions as well. Oh, yeah. Cushing's is now like COVID-19 <laughs> in the category of an epidemic. Uh, in our practice, Smithridge Veterinary Center, if, if a week goes by without at least three new Cushing's cases, that's rare. Big in horses, very big in dogs, there's no doubt. There are different forms of Cushing's, and there are many, many supplements out there now. I've been very successful in treating Cushing's dogs and having them live a relatively normal, long life. I, I feel that a lot of the demise of Cushing's patients is not so much from the disease, but the drugs we've developed to treat the disease. The original lysadrin, which is a derivative of DDT to selectively destroy the cells of the adrenal cortex, or you know some of the new drugs. So the more alternatives you use, the more effect, if you need a drug, the more effect it's going to have so you can use a much lower dose. So some of the generic, you know, because I don't want to treat your dog because I don't know exactly the form of Cushing's. I haven't examined your dog. I haven't seen blood samples. But some of the generic things that I've seen work well there is a substance called phosphatidylserine. It's a derivative of lecithin, phosphatidylserine and phosphatidylcholine. And the phosphatidylserine uh, actually inhibits uh, natural secretion 
of cortisol by the adrenal cortex, which is Cushing's. It was uh, experiments done on human athletes way back in the 1980s. Uh, the other thing that I've seen work are herbs. There are many Chinese herbs and even American herbs. One of, and I'm not a product promoter. I have no recourse to these, but there is a company, Pet Wellbeing. They make one called Adrenal Harmony Gold. I've seen it work very well. There are homeopathics that work well. Uh, melatonin is now, melatonin and lignans are now the medical recommended therapy, conventional medicine for what's called uh, the other form of Cushing's. You know, the 85% of all Cushing's is a benign tumor in the pituitary that is causing the adrenal gland to secrete excess. And then there is a form of Cushing's, a typical Cushing's, that is related more to the sex hormones. It's a very complicated mechanism. And that one is the one that responds to lignans and melatonin. So adding those in is not going to hurt. It would be better working with an integrative veterinarian to know exactly which form of Cushing's that we do have. Okay, thank you. I hope that helps with the question. Uh, Samantha asks the questions. Do you have any supplements you recommend for dogs with cancer, also for dogs with allergies? <laughs> yeah, thousands. <laughs> you know, once again, that goes back to I did develop a supplement called Shine and Luster. The reason I developed it is because I've used ingredients over the years that were phenomenal for allergy. Beta-cetosterol, coercetin, high levels of omega-3 fish oil is medically proven to be anti-allergy and to be very beneficial to cancer patients. Uh, and a few other ingredients. So we put all of these into one supplement called Shine and Luster. When it comes to cancer, uh, I love the herb artemisinin, A-R-T-E-M-I-S-I-N-I-N. -I -I it was the herb that won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for treating malaria. Malaria organism iron. Artemisinin causes a frequent release where iron is taken up into the malaria organism. Cancer also happens to like iron. So a Chinese doctor, Dr. Lau, postulated if artemisinin works in malaria, why wouldn't it work in cancer? And he proved that it has. We've been using artemisinin very effectively in cancer patients for at least 15 years. I love medicinal mushrooms. And what's really great is that the University of Pennsylvania Veterinary School did a report years back showing that the effect of the turkey tail, Coriolis mushroom, is much more effective in treating one of the worst canine cancers called hemangiosarcoma than any chemotherapeutic. You could go online and look at the study. It just brought tears to my eyes that you know, using something that I've been promoting for years and years and getting criticized on is now coming out at the University of Pennsylvania Veterinary School 
uh, the medicinal effects of a mushroom that blows conventional therapy away. CBD oil has an anti-cancer effect. So these are the things that I love. And also the work of a brilliant man in our profession, Dr. Greg Ogilvy, who was the head of internal medicine and oncology at Colorado State University, proved that the byproducts of grain metabolism, glucose and lactate, from pet food, supply the growth of cancer cells. So getting a cancer patient on, this is where I would go for a grain-free, cereal-free diet and, you know, high meats, high fish oils. The ketogenic diet is getting rave reports for actually shrinking tumors in dogs. But once again, don't treat a cancer patient by Dr. Marty's recommendations online. cancer with yep. a integrated veterinarian. Perfect, thank you so much. Uh, question, uh, can a dog develop mast cell cancer by eating leftover meat? I've never heard of that one. <laughs> mast cell cancer is also almost an epidemic. It happens to be my most successful cancer in my career in being able to treat and getting long, normal, healthy lives and tumor regression without the use of drugs and or surgery. Not that drugs or surgery may not be needed. Uh, once again, mast cells contain histamine. We know that. And we know that the allergic breakthrough phenomena, which instigates allergies, which release histamines, are induced or enhanced by vaccination. So I see a very close tie between vaccination over vaccination. I'm not talking about stopping all vaccines, but you know, not pummeling a dog or at the same time. And also, unfortunately, we give the Great Dane and the Chihuahua the same dose, and that dose has been scientifically proven to be up to 10 times what the Great Dane needs, covered very well in the documentary. So if a dog does have mast cell cancer or any disease, they should not be vaccinated. There is a, is a tie. There you go. Um, and you talk about, you deal with tiger. Yeah, but eating, How yeah, but eating bad meat, I, you know, just to finish that up, I don't know. I mean, eating anything that is spoiled, that if meat goes rancid or putrefies and the, the organism content has gone skyrocketing. Yeah, it's just common sense. Don't feed leftover spoiled meat to anything. Right, very good. Uh, do you have any suggestions for a three-year-old King Charles Cavalier Spaniel suffering with syringomyela? Myela. Oh, syringomyelia. <laughs> yeah, there you go, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that is such a lovely breed that has been plagued by this. It's called Chiari manifestation disease, which puts pressure on the proper functioning of the spinal fluid up here in, in the neck. And they've been plagued with cardiomyopathy, too. It's such a shame. Uh, I've had success with that. And that's the kind of condition think should be treated in conjunction with a hands-on integrative veterinarian. 
acupuncture, which drives correct uh, energy to that area. Top of the list, MagnaWave into that area. It's going to be inflammation. It's going to enhance proper cellular function. You can't get better than MagnaWave for that. There is a great treatment that I've used over the years called Vetri Disc by Vetri Science Labs. If there is an involvement with the actual discs of the spinal bones in that area, there is a supplement by standard process that you'd have to get through and a licensed doctor called neurotrophin if the nerve tract is getting affected. But that's the kind of condition, hands-on, not only by an integrative veterinarian, but an integrative veterinarian that's experienced in treating this condition. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay. Um, listen, it's been a wonderful time to be with you. There have been a lot of questions. We certainly appreciate that. We try to hold this to an hour so people can view it comfortably as they uh, go about their daily lives. So Dr. Marty, thank you so much for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you at uh, MagnaCon. And, uh, and of course, I always love my conversations with you on the phone. The, the video, the documentary is incredible. Um, uh, Elaine and I are very pleased to have been contributors to a little bit of uh, help with the documentary, and it was exciting to be listed in the credits. So thank you for that. But well, uh, and you are in my next book. You know and, that. And and you do talk about us in your next book. I, we're very happy with that as well. So, Marty, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us. We'll be back next Tuesday with another edition of MagnaWave Office Hours. If you have any additional questions that you'd like Dr. Marty to answer, send them to me. We'll send them to him, and then maybe we can answer them on next week's or a upcoming uh, edition of MagnaWave Office Hours. Thank you so much for being with us. Have a great day. Marty, thank you so much, buddy. We love you. Are we on for June? Yes. We're still yeah. on. We're going to wait and see what happens. But as of today, we're still on. Everybody looks like it's going to work. We're going to, make it happen. Yep. We're going to put out some positive energy. So, Pat, I'll see you in June. Thank you, buddy. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Pleasure being here. Mm -hmm.